Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga for You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Hello, everyone. It feels so good to be back in my little closet and to be back home and sitting in front of this microphone and just being able to teach and to share and to talk. So as you know, I was just in Hawaii doing the sacred stillness meditation retreat, retweet, (laughs) retreat, and I just released a meditation on Sunday for listening when this is released, kind of just giving a little sample of what that was like, what we were working on, and really how to unlock that internal space of sacred stillness. I also made a little bit of an announcement where I have decided that I want to start releasing two episodes a week, so eight episodes a month total, which means I'm going to be adding a few more, not like full-blown freeform episodes, but more moments of teaching. So there will still be a meditation every single Sunday, as well as the monthly community uh, episode and meditation that the proceeds, the ad revenue for that episode gets donated Uh, This month in March, we're supporting the Hawaii Wildlife Fund. But all of that is going to be the same. And I was already doing six episodes a month. And I just, I don't know, I just want to give it a try. So I've committed to doing this this spring through June. And then I'll reevaluate, make sure that like it's still, you know, working and that it is just that it's what we all want and that it's working for me and that you guys are getting what you want out of it and that it just seems like a good match. So we're going to give it just a few solid months and just see what it's like. And as you know, I've really been feeling this pull to do a little bit more teaching and sharing and not just leading meditations, which I will still be doing and I love doing, but also teaching meditation. And to me, the difference between leading and teaching, when I do the guided meditations, I'm leading you through a meditation practice, which I love doing. I think it's really important. And it's something that I'm never going to stop doing. The difference to me between leading and teaching is when I teach, I really get to dive into some of the nitty gritty and like give you tools for your toolbox. So not just leading and sharing a practice with you, but giving you new tools that you can put in your toolbox that you can use in your everyday life. And I think both leading and teaching are very important, which is why I'm feeling pulled to try doing a little bit more of both on this podcast feed. So I just, I appreciate you know that if these freeform episodes aren't your thing, that's perfectly fine. You just, you don't have to listen to them. You can go right to the meditations. There's always the option to opt into the subscription feed. It's $5 a month and you get the whole library and all meditations ad-free and intro-free. It's literally like just the meditation or just the conversation. That's always an option too. Otherwise, no matter how you're listening to my voice right now, know that I appreciate you and that I appreciate you just taking your time to listen to what I have to say. And with that note, what I wanted to explore this week is this thing that came up a lot on this sacred stillness retreat. And it's this idea of like how to be alone, but not lonely. 
And this conversation came up in a few different ways, but it mostly came up around our silent day. So you heard me talk about it, I believe, you know, when I was sharing the retreat that there was going to be a 24-hour space of silence. It was optional. Not everyone participated, which is perfectly fine. I wasn't able to hold silence the whole day because I was also facilitating and making sure that everything, you know, was running smoothly on the back end for all of the participants. Um, But some people did take a 24-hour vow of silence. And it was a really profound experience, I think, for everyone, even those who chose to opt out. It was really profound to think about, like, why don't I want to take this 24 hours of silence or the people that did? It was profound for them. You know, why do I want to? What did I get out of it? And it was around this idea of a 24-hour vow of silence that this idea like, well, how can I be completely alone and in this retreat center with, you know, a group of wonderful humans and, you know, how can I be surrounded by people and activity and all these things and not be interacting with it? And how can I find a space in which I'm just enjoying my time and my space where I'm alone, but not lonely? And I loved this idea. And it's something that I wanted to bring onto this podcast because also, I mean, full disclosure, you guys, we've spent a lot of time alone the last two years. We've been alone a lot. And I think, and I've heard from a lot of you, that you've been struggling with being alone and it's being alone is hard. And I know that not everyone, I personally have learned to really love being alone and disconnected and time just for myself. It hasn't always been that way. And I'm going to talk about that journey a little bit here in this episode, but I know for a lot of us, it's being alone is hard and it, makes us feel sad and we feel lonely. So I wanted to explore this idea of how we can utilize alone time and how you can use it as a way to get to know the self. And for me, one of the biggest mindset shifts that has had such a big impact on my life and being comfortable with myself and being alone is when I realized I'm never alone. I'm always with myself. And so, quote, like, alone time, I'm never alone. I'm always with someone. I'm with me. And I spent a lot of my time as a child and a young adult being incredibly lonely and alone. And I don't say that to be like, oh, poor me. Like, oh, I was so alone. But you've heard me talk about it before. But I just, I never really, I didn't feel like I really found, like, my people and my community. And I didn't really get to know people or allow myself to get to know people until my adulthood in a way because I just always felt like I was different and at the time you know I felt kind of misunderstood or you know that I just was a little bit different and I had different interests but what I really learned about myself now in hindsight was that I also didn't know myself and I didn't it was like I was so worried and sad that like no one wanted to hang out with me and you know just being like oh no one likes me no one wants to hang out with me and I got so in my head about it I was so hard on myself that it wasn't even that no one wanted to spend time with me it was like I didn't want to spend time with me and when I had this mindset shift when I realized that it's like wow it's not it's not necessarily about 
them. It's so much more about me. Like, I don't even want to be around me. I have so much negative self-talk and self-loathing and, and, you know, isolating myself and not wanting myself to be seen because I felt like, you know, that there's something shameful in a way or that I should keep myself hidden because I was, you know, different or what if people didn't like me and I, I was so just crippled by my own ability to want to like hide myself away and not let my true self be seen that it not only impacted my relationships with others but mostly impacted my relationship with myself because what I was telling myself is that you know oh no one wants to hang out with me and I kind of had this narrative of like there must be something wrong with me and that's when I had a huge I mean this is through a lot of work, a lot of introspection, you know, therapy, doing the work. But now in hindsight, after 30 some years of life, I can look back and I realize that it, that I didn't want to even be with me. And that makes me feel really sad to say. And, you know, makes me also feel very vulnerable to say like in such a, a public way. But a lot of what boiled down to me feeling lonely was because I wasn't enjoying my time with myself. I wasn't kind to myself. I wasn't loving to myself. I didn't realize that even when I was, quote, alone, there was only one person there, that I was still with someone. I was still with a friend. I was still sharing the company with my true self, with my most authentic me. And I didn't realize that for a long time until recently, I I think really until... I want to say my mid-20s was when I really started to have some shifts around that of like, it's okay to be by myself and it's okay to enjoy time by myself. It's okay to get to know myself. And I began to feel so much more secure in this idea of like, you know, I don't I don't always have to be doing something or doing something with someone else or connected to something. I'd put so much value and so much of my worth on, you know, well, do other people like me? Do other people want to hang out with me? Do other people want to invite me to things? And so much of my own self-worth was tied to what other people thought and what I perceived other people's perception of me to be. And once I started doing some internal work and getting to know myself and realizing that, you know, I, I could enjoy my time by myself and that there is a way to be alone but not lonely that was a huge powerful and really beautiful shift for me and I want to just share some thoughts around that for all of you thinking that you know maybe it'll resonate with some of you of you or if you are in a space where you're tying a lot of your own self-worth to feeling accepted by others that maybe this will help you on your path as well so Let's dive right into why is this hard? Why is silence hard? Why is being alone hard? And to me, a lot of it is when you are like unplugged, you're alone, when you're just with yourself, you're you're just left with you and you're left with your thoughts. You know, they say quiet the mind and the, sh- the soul shall speak. It's not just quiet the mind and the soul shall speak. It's quiet the mind and everything will start to speak. Your your body will start telling you things. Your mind will start telling you things. Your soul will start telling you things. We're so stimulated all the time. We always have 
background noise or, you know, our, our phones are going off or we're listening to a podcast or we're, we're always doing something or thinking about something, trying to be productive. You know, we have this constant like backtrack and chatter that's happening in our mind. We're always just like plugged in and dialed in that in a way it quiets and it it's a way of or it can be a way of numbing instead of being present with ourselves. So when you strip all of that back, you take all of that away and you're just present with the self. It can be incredibly eye-opening. It can be incredibly humbling. It can be scary. It can be challenging. It can be really, really hard, especially if we don't have a practice like this or this is the first time we're really dabbling in it. And the way that I think about this concept of being quote alone or not wanting to be with ourselves and with our thoughts is when we're trying to connect with the true self or trying to be in tune with who we are when we're constantly on our phones or watching something or doing something else or thinking about something else it's like when you're on a date with someone or you're with someone or you're with your partner, or your husband, or even a friend, and it's like you're trying to just spend some time with them, and they're always on their phone, or they're doing something else. You can tell they're like half listening, like their body's in the room, but like their mind is somewhere else. Isn't that like the most frustrating thing where you're like, okay, just put your phone down, look me in the eye, listen, or have a conversation, like just be present with me, engage with me. And we are always doing that to the self. We often in our relationship with ourselves, we are that friend or that partner that's, you know, their body's in the room, but like their minds and their hearts are somewhere else. We're on the phone. We're juggling this. We're thinking about that. We're checking this message. We're responding to this. We're scrolling on this app. And the idea of being alone, but not lonely to me is really about like when you're dating someone or you have a friendship with someone, it's like put the phone down Pay attention, be present, and just enjoy someone's company. And I like to think about it that way, that that is what I'm doing when I'm spending time with myself is finally for like the soul and the body and my mind. It's like, okay, I'm just going to pay attention. I'm going to be and I'm going to just share time with you and no one and nothing else. But when you first begin to do this, like I said, it's hard. It's scary. It can often a lot of the time be easier to numb and drown out or overstimulate ourselves than to truly be present and dialed in and connected to the self. Also, being still and silent and alone very quickly can bring up these feelings of judgment or comparison or bringing us to some of those dark places that we don't want to be or we find ourselves going. But At times, you need to be able, you know, they say the only way out is through. You do have to weed through some of the muck. And it's almost like if you're thinking of that analogy with the partner that's on their cell phone, they finally put it down, they look at you and they're listening. You're like, well, thank goodness you're listening. Like, I have something to tell you. And then you start talking. Your body, mind, and heart will do the same thing with you when you finally give it, you know, it's your undivided attention. It'll say, great, let me tell you about my body, how my body's actually feeling. I have an ache here. I am feeling tired. I'm feeling run down. I, I need more movement or I need less movement. Or your mind is saying, oh, I, I'm, 
having these really anxious thoughts or this is happening, that's happening. Your heart may say, I'm feeling this way. And you can almost get flooded with so much information from body, mind, and heart once you finally put down the phone or whatever it is and dial in and be present with the self. And that can be a lot. And I think for many, at least speaking for myself, I know that's something where I would really struggle with being alone at first because when I was just present with myself, a lot of the gunk would come up and come out and I would think about like, oh, no one wants to be with me or I'm just by myself or I'm alone again. And I would kind of default to this negative self-talk and this negative backtrack. And if you find yourself doing this when you start to explore stillness and silence and being with yourself, I encourage you to really dive in in a way that just feels inquisitive and curious and almost scientific. And this idea of being an observer or taking it from like a scientific approach has really helped me personally to not be so attached to the feelings and the things that are coming up. So if I observe myself and the feelings, thoughts, and emotions that I'm having, if I look at it almost like if I had one of my students in front of me and they said, okay, Kelly, you know, I, I bring them to a space of stillness and I'm like, what's going on? Like what's happening beneath the surface? How are you feeling? I'm not attached to how they're feeling. I'm just listening. And I try to take the same approach to myself, especially when I'm feeling this overwhelming sensation or feeling like there's just so much coming in and being piled in and I'm feeling a lot. I'm thinking a lot. I try to take a step back and just observe. And so if you're worried about, you know, what's going to come up or how you're going to feel when you really tune in and be still and be alone and take that quiet time, I encourage you to really do it in a way that's just very observational and inquisitive and scientific in a way. Maybe you make notes about how you're feeling and just try to observe and see what's happening. Because ultimately what we're trying to do is we're just trying to spend more time with the self. Like you're trying to, again, like date someone, get to know someone. There's going to be a level of listening that will have to happen and engaging that will have to happen. In all relationships, there's ups and downs, right? There needs to be the the space. You need to hold space for someone. You also need to have the space to be able to share. And applying these same things to yourself and getting to know yourself can really help to take some of the struggle and the pressure and the hurt that can come up when you first begin to practice stillness and being alone and turning inward and getting to know yourself. I also challenge you to shift your mindset a little bit if you've found yourself in spaces where I have of really being hard on yourself or negative self-talk or thinking, oh, you know, no one wants to be with me. There must be something wrong with me or no one likes me. And trying to shift your mindset around that and recognizing again that you're never truly alone, but you're always with someone really special. And it's a gift to be able to be just with yourself. And I have found alone time to be a really beautiful space where I can practice my self-love, my self-compassion, and also my introspection. And it's almost like when I carve out these little bits of time for myself and I'm not communicating with anyone else and I'm kind of shutting off from the external world, I'm really just spending some quality time with me. 
and getting to know myself, checking in with myself, being present, doing some of that like emotional, spiritual, mental maintenance, and just shifting your mindset around, you know, you are a special person and that you're never alone. You're always with this really special, beautiful, wonderful person. And again, easier said than done. I've been working on this for years and years and years, and some days it comes easier than others. But that's been a huge mindset shift for me as well as realizing like I'm not alone. I'm never alone. I'm always with myself, and that's really special and really, really beautiful or can be really beautiful it's also really sacred and that when you go to that space of stillness it's like opening up your arms or having a really just close hangout with someone that you love deeply like we I'm sure we've all had the experience like you know when you're really close with someone and you can just you can just be in the same space as them and you don't even have to say anything you can just like be in each other's company and it's just really comfortable and easy if we get to a space of that with the self you will never be lonely because you're never alone. You're always with someone that you love and respect and trust and cherish. So I want to talk about how you can start incorporating this idea of stillness and alone time in a way that is productive and beneficial. So I already talked about this idea of kind of like dating yourself in a way so thinking it was like you're going to carve out these times to get to know yourself but make sure that you ease into it you don't have to go straight into I'm going to take a 24-hour vow of silence or you heard me talk about the first time I practiced silence I took a 10-day vow of silence which definitely was baptism by fire and it was a lot and you don't you don't have to go all in you can start by having, you know, one or two hours just carving out. And I, I mean like unplugged alone time. So no phones, no TV, no music, no podcasts. You know, I, I encouraged no reading during the 24 hours of silence unless it was something, some kind of a reading that would make you think and serve your greatest and highest good. Uh, you know, so I encouraged no just like fun like beach reads or thrillers, which don't get me wrong. I love those. But if you really wanted to read, read something that would really like serve your greatest and highest good, maybe teach you something and make you think. But fully just like unplugged, disconnected, just being with yourself for an hour, maybe two hours, ease into it. Then maybe you start doing a silent, unplugged morning and maybe you work your way up to doing it for a full 24 hours. You don't have to go all in right away. And I also find that easing into it can be really helpful and beneficial because like I said, it can be a lot, you know, quiet the mind and the soul and everything else will speak. So just ease into it a little bit. And I encourage you to not only be an observer, but to be curious and inquisitive and think like, what do I want to do? Something every time I've either done silence or I've brought students to a space of silence or held silence with them, this idea of not only did I I become so much more aware of all the ways I'm communicating and I didn't even realize it or all the ways I'm connected to something else and didn't realize it, but people consistently find ways to enjoy their time that maybe they haven't done in a while. So asking yourself, like, what would feel good now? Say you're going to do a silent hour, a silent two hours. What would feel good? Is it, you know, quietly doing a puzzle? Is it moving my body? Is it meditating? Is it just going for a walk outside and enjoying the time? You know, is it taking a nap? I don't know. I don't know what you would want or what would feel good to you. 
But if you tune in and ask yourself and then give yourself that, then you'll know. So it's ease into it, disconnect, and just tune in. Like, what do I want to do? How am I feeling? Do I want to, you know, try walking outside without music or listening to a podcast? What was that experience like? And really being an observer at the beginning as you're easing into this space of stillness and silence and being alone and unplugged. What is that like? And then taking that information and doing whatever you want with it. Now, try not to judge yourself or try to get down on yourself or hard on yourself, but just be that observer of what that experience is like. Then you can really dive into being alone, but not lonely. And you may find that you start looking forward to these bits of time where you're like, I'm just going to, you know, sketch. I haven't sketched in a long time. Or I'm just going to have a cup of coffee without anything else and just like enjoy being still and having a cup of coffee Or I'm going to listen to the sounds of the birds on my balcony. Or I'm going to meditate. I think it's so easy to tell ourselves that, like, we don't, you know, have the time and we're always stimulated. We're always trying to, like, multitask. But it can be a really powerful experience to just be and be silent and unplugged and disconnected even for one hour. And that's where you start to really find what you enjoy. And that's where you then create the space to really get to know yourself. And then you can learn, wow, I find it really rejuvenating to go for a walk without any music or podcasts. Or I love listening to the sounds of the birds. Or maybe you realize, like, I don't like... I don't like watching TV as much as I used to, or I really don't like always having my phone right by me. So every time it lights up, I respond immediately. You'll really start to see these patterns of like what serves you and what doesn't serve you. And that's all part of the process of getting to know yourself is being present and being aware and recognizing what you like and being that person for yourself that we all want in relationships that is present, dialed in, not doing anything else and just getting to know you. I think that's pretty much all that I wanted to share on this idea. I really think that, you know, the biggest key to learning how to be alone but not lonely is that shift in your perspective, that you're never really alone. You're always with yourself and just try to have fun, explore new things, get to know yourself, trying your best not to judge yourself or like something that I didn't realize this was like a weird thing until recently, or I guess I shouldn't say weird. That is a little judgy. I didn't realize a lot of people are uncomfortable going to eat alone or like going to a restaurant alone. That's something like I really started to embrace this idea of being alone but not lonely when I started doing a lot of travel for work. And I always travel alone for the most part. And I've had many, many people that have reached out. They say, you know, I want to go on this retreat, but I've never flown alone. I've never traveled alone. You know, I, I... what do I do with myself? And there is, you know, I know that that can be really scary. And that's when I really started picking up the travel and spending a lot of time in new places alone, in airports alone, on airplanes alone, that I started to embrace the alone time and recognizing I'm never really alone. And I've really started, I I really started enjoying doing things on my own, eating in restaurants alone. I'll go to movies alone. Like if I feel like doing something and it seems fun and like a good like soul nourishing thing I'll just go and do it and 
I didn't realize that like going and having a meal by yourself can be very uncomfortable for for other people. But I know that's something where people are like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. And that's okay. You don't have to do that. But if that doesn't necessarily seem weird to you, or it seems like something that's just a little bit out of your comfort zone that you want to try, like try going to a restaurant and and eating alone or going somewhere and, and reading a book or just doing something that maybe you always felt like you had to do with someone else, try having that experience alone and see what that's like. And we're really just working on building a relationship with the self and paying attention to the self, loving the self, interacting with the self, connecting with the self is really the way that you not only let this alone time be productive and rejuvenating and soul nourishing but it's also the way that you learn how to be alone but not lonely because you're never really alone so hopefully this gave you some food for thought something to think about i really encourage you try to have like a silent hour or two completely unplugged and silent to see what it's like i'd love to hear about it if you try it And that is it. That is all that I have for you. I hope that you are doing so, so well. Thank you for listening to this. And I just, I have the deepest gratitude for you. And I hope that you have a really special, wonderful day.